back to Typecast Heroes, where we believe typology can save the world. I'm Amanda Fogelson. And I'm Jesse Miller, and today we are going over the results from the data set that we did on ISTPs and their experience in the education system. We also looked at several varying aspects of metacognition. There was all sorts of considerations for the way that they argue and their argumentative structures. So we're going to be going through all of that. If you've been following us for a long time, you know you can look at our blog for any more detailed information about the specific data, you can go crunch the numbers yourselves, but today we're really only going to be giving a overview of it so that you guys can kind of get it, just talk through all of the information with us. We wanted to let the ISTP video out first because they were the first sensors to show up to all 100 of the types. So in the end, we ended up with over 100. Pretty much if an ISTP agreed to take the survey, they would finish it. Unlike some other types, <laughs> like ENFPs, um, who would finish it or would take it or start it, never finish it, or would agree to answer my questions, but then I'd never hear from them again, I'd be ghosted. Um, it wasn't the case with an ISTP. Pretty much as soon as they talked to me, they would finish the survey. So I never plug Facebook groups, literally ever, but if you are an ISTP woman, the Facebook group um, is very supportive and has been very, it's a very welcoming community. So I do have to give them a shout out. Because of that, when you look at the data set, we had 38% male and 62% female. So all of the other thinker groups were oriented towards males. The males were in the majority. Um, and ISTPs are the only group of thinkers that had the majority female. Um, and it is because of that group. So the age was also unique because usually among introverts, it skews more towards under 30 because introverts tend to start doing that, who am I, what is my place in the world a little bit earlier than extroverts because extroverts are out doing all of the things because extroverts are externally focused. So usually introverts are more in the 20s and 30s. This group, however, it was almost half of over 30 and under 30, which was another unique thing amongst the introverts. So unique among thinkers, unique amongst introverts. And then when we talk about the locations, there were 24 countries represented in the ISTP data, but it was overwhelmingly based in the United States and also based in the Western world. So Europe, Canada, Australia. Um, it was another difference from a lot of the other types is that there wasn't a big population from India. India has a big MBTI community, so usually in all of the other types, you're going to see a large population of people from India represented in the data set. But ISTPs, they didn't have any. And the reason that it's important to explain all of this is because gender and age do impact how we see things because of type development but you're still gonna be able to see the levels of metacognition, you're still gonna see the logical processing, and we can still discuss the implications. So let's go ahead and get into the data. So if you've been following the project for a while, and again, you can go look at all of the numbers and the data and the specifics on the blog, which is linked in the description below, you know that I ask five questions to all of the types. So the very first question is a stereotype question because I wanted to look at a couple things. I wanted to see how people, how each of the types viewed a negative stereotype of themselves. I wanted to see what kind of self-examination they were going to do. I also wanted to look at 
their ability to use concrete versus abstract examples. I was also interested in anecdotally what they had to say about the stereotype. So the stereotype for the ISTPs was, there's a stereotype regarding ISTPs that they cannot focus or sit still for very long because of the need for new problems to solve. How do you view the stereotype? So a concrete example for something, or a concrete answer for this question would be something like, I can't sit still, because that's a concrete action. It's something else somebody else would be able to repeat. Abstract would be, I love to think about problems, because that's an abstract action. It's not something that you can actually do in the concrete world. Some of the other examples I got from ISTPs were things like, I like to complete work with my hands. I like a challenge. Why would any person want to sit still, which is one of my favorite answers. Um, if I can't sit still, it is a sign that I'm suffering from depression. But these were all the types of ways that they would address this question. It's interesting because ISTPs were very quick to own their experience. When we look at data with some of the other types, particularly the introverted, so the INTPs and the INFPs, I was going to say the introverted extroverted intuitives, but that's confusing. <laughs> the INFPs or the INTPs who use extroverted intuition as their second instead of extroverted sensing, they are less likely to own their opinions. When they give you an opinion, they almost say it like a statement of fact. ISTPs don't do that. They were very quick to clarify their answers with, this is my opinion, this is how I feel. In fact, many of them said things like, I don't speak for everyone. So it was interesting to see because I didn't expect that for an extroverted sensor to, to clarify like that. So most of them, as you will see in the data, they did use evidence when addressing this question. Some of the other types, when they would look at a question, they would say simple yes or no. ISTPs didn't do that. They did provide evidence and primarily their evidence came from their personal experience because they told me it did. But anecdotally, I was interested in whether or not they agreed with this stereotype for themselves and 68% of them said yes, they did relate to the stereotype. 19% said no and only 12% said they were unsure. They weren't sure if they agreed with it or not. Something that you will see with introverted thinking, which is the primary cognitive function for an ISTP, is that they are very opinionated and they know their mind. So that is going to be a common thread with the INTPs. If you go look at that data or you go watch that podcast because it's already been released at this, mm -hmm. the time that this has been released, you can see that INTPs were also very decisive. Decisiveness is something else that I tracked. So ISTPs continue to, to present that way. They, most of them could tell me very clearly, yes, this is my opinion and then this is why I believe that and they would give me those definitions. Something that I didn't see a lot of with their answers was this, what's called emotionally charged language or high connotative language. So they didn't use a lot of those adjectives. They didn't say things like, I absolutely agree with this or, Oh my God, this is 100% me. Because when I would ask other types these sorts of questions, once again, to call Amanda out, but the ENFPs, their answers would include very high superlative usage. It would be like, this is the worst thing or this is the best thing. There was not a whole lot of neutral language involved with their answers. But the ISTPs, even addressing a stereotype about themselves, it's very neutral. 
you're not going to see that highly involved language. Additionally, most of them used concrete evidence, like I was listing before, 45% used concrete evidence to justify their answer, but 26% of them could also use abstract. So another common thread that you're going to see throughout all of these answers is the ISTPs, because they are a sensing and intuitive bridge, they can use those two cognitive functions pretty equally. And we have videos on that if you mm -hmm. want to watch to understand what we're talking about when we say that. But that means that they can be in kind of both camps. So they like to stay in the concrete realm, but they had no problem answering these abstract questions. So that's another common thread. Also, one of the final things that I counted was the words. How many, what was the average word count per answer? Whenever I was asking a very specific question to the ISTPs about themselves, they were not interested in answering those questions. So you're going to see a lower word count for them. On average, ISTPs only did 64.5 words for this kind of answer, so it was lower end of the spectrum. The second question that all of the 16 types were asked, it was a task, not a question, but it was to describe the inside of your mind. The reason I did that was for a couple things. I was looking for how they handled this abstract concept, and I was also curious to see what kinds of levels of metacognition they had. For more detailed information about the categories of metacognition, you can look at the blog, but I'm going to just run through them super quick. The first one is if you can't answer this question at all. So there is a condition called aphantasia, which means that you can't actually visualize the inside of your mind. So when I ask a person to do this, sometimes they will volunteer the condition. Sometimes they'll say, I can't do that, or I don't really know. Something like that would fall into that category. Mind you, I'm not diagnosing anyone with aphantasia. I'm not saying, oh, you have this condition. Mm -hmm. But it is a noted condition where you can't visualize the inside of your mind. It doesn't impact intelligence or anything like that. It's just you can't put it into words. The second one is abstract descriptive. So I will get answers like, thoughts are flying around, or I will see colors and they're all strung together, or bubbles are floating about and I will see different pieces of a problem I'm working on in these bubbles and they will all connect. It's an abstract description of something, but it's not something that you would see in the actual world. The next one is process. So this says what your mind does. So they will say things like, my mind analyzes, my mind problem solves, my mind uses logic, something like that to explain how their mind actually works. The next one is self-descriptive, so they will talk about themselves. They will say things like, I am intelligent, or I like to problem solve, or I like, to, I like people. So it's not really explaining their brain, it's just explaining things about themselves because they kind of see their mind as an extension of themselves. Um, the next one was commonly used phrases. So one of the most common answers I got was a computer browser with a thousand mm -hmm. tabs open. And that's all I would say full stop. It's like when a person would rely or fall back on a cliche rather than provide me with information about their own mind. So I didn't really try to make assumptions about why they did that, but I did put them into that category. And then the last one is my favorite one to get. Um, it's the metaphorical memory palaces. So they would describe these pretty elaborate locations. So they would say, my mind is a city without a map and it has all of these different buildings in it. And this building, this is where I put all my memories. And then this building, this is where I solve all my problems. Or they would say, my mind is a castle. And they would go through a similar 
explanation like that, but they would be very descriptive and very detailed. So those were the six categories. One of the things that surprised me with the ISTPs is that they were able to answer this question. Many of the extroverted sensing types had a higher percentage of those who were not able to describe the inside of their mind, but the ISTPs could. Only 13% roughly were unable to answer the question. The majority of them did fall into that self-descriptive or process category. So they were able to describe their brain as an extension of themselves, or they were able to tell me what their brain actually does in the concrete world. And then still about 20% of them did give me an answer that would fall into that abstract realm using either a metaphorical memory palace or an abstract description. The reason that I find this so fascinating is because they were able to take this question, this concept of the inside of your mind, describe the inside of your mind, and they were able to pull it up into their extroverted sensing. So they would like process it through their NI, pull it up into their extroverted sensing, and put it into concrete terms, concrete reality. Like this is my abstract mind, and then this is how it plays out into the actual reality. I think that that is, first of all, very unique very very unique and also very valuable is essentially and one thing that you've heard us say on some other videos is the fact that sensors kind of get shit on on the internet and so we are we're very anti that <laughs> um and so i think that a lot of people when they see the s versus the n you kind of get this like stereotype or the stigma around you of if you're a sensor or intuitive and I think what this shows is that an ISTP can play in the abstract. They've got an introverted intuition child, so an NI child, and they're able to playfully be in the abstract. They just don't live there. So like Jesse was saying, they kind of grab in the abstract. They reach for it. They're there. They're playing for a second, but then they're able to bring it back and actually bring it into a tangible reality. And I think that also goes to show that any in real life, talking about in, in, you know, an actual, whether you're, uh, which we'll talk about later, but like a parent, a child, a teacher, whatever your career is, um, you can be the idea person and then also actually make it happen, mm -hmm. which intuitives a lot of times don't do that. A lot of times intuitives are just kind of in their mind. So I think this is such a valuable trait. And again, one that is very unique. Out of the 16 types, there's not many who just organically, naturally do this from the beginning, from the start. So, good job, ISTP. Go you. So, the third question that all of the 16 types were asked is, what is your take on formal education? The reason that it was asked like this, I always gave the disclaimer that the questions were intentionally vague, but I was curious to see whether or not they were going to go whole picture with formal education or whether or not they were going to look at their personal experience. Anecdotally, I also wanted to see if there was any truth to the fact that many of the types when they would address education or if you're just talking to them in general, they will say things like education is made for this type or the education system is better for this type. One of the things that I'm hoping that this project can sh shed light on is the fact that all types have their unique struggles in the education system and the best way to tackle that really is for teachers to understand those challenges that each of the 16 types mm -hmm. has. ISTPs 
overall did tend to have a more positive view than most of the other types at just barely 51% who said that the education was good. The education system was good. They had a positive outlook on it. 40% said bad and then 10% were undecided. So that's once again showing the strong level of decisiveness for ISTPs with that introverted thinking hero really lending itself toward education is good, education is bad, here are all of my reasons why. They really did work from here is my conclusion and then here are all my reasons. If you look at some of the other types, their logical reasoning is reversed. Mm -hmm. They start with listing all of their reasons and then their conclusion is at the end. It's a very different way to approach formal logic. So nearly one third of the ISTP survey did not reference their own personal experience because a lot of times what will happen is they will say, formal education system is good. However, I did well in school or however, I had a positive experience or the formal education system is bad, but I had a good experience, something like that. They would talk about the education system as a whole and then they would talk about the personal experience even though I didn't ask for them to do that in the question. ISTPs, about a third, didn't bring up their own experience, and then 44% had a positive experience and 26% had a negative experience. So they had a much more positive view of the education system on the whole. Some of the other interesting things about this question is the ISTPs did address the formal education system from a holistic concept or construct. They did talk about education as it exists as a system. And the answers for this one were the longest. So ISTPs for their first and second and third and fourth were in the 60 to 70 range for average words uh, per answer. This one was at 96. So ISTPs felt way more interested or they had way more to say on this question than they did for any of the others. I think one of the reasons that might be is also because this one is about education in general. Like Jesse said, she didn't ask what was your experience in education. It was what was your take on formal education. So I think that this, the rest of them is, you know, it, the rest of the questions are about morality, the inside of your brain. It's, they're more sacred, I think, and just more um, potentially protective over the questions and potentially the answers that they wanted to give. And they were more just straightforward to the point, here's your answer. Whereas this one didn't have to be so personal. And so they could expound on their opinion on it without actually crossing over that sacred line of having to talk about themselves and being vulnerable in their answer. They were able to just kind of say, you know, here's a blunt answer, but I can actually talk about this just a little bit more because it's not personal and it's not going to make me vulnerable to share my opinion on this. ISCPs have a reputation for being some of the most um, careful and really the most introverted of the introverts, mm -hmm. um, especially that TINI loop if they get into that. Um, they really try to stay, they don't, and that extroverted sensing parent um, can make sensory information kind of lead to sensory overload. So yeah. loud sounds or bright colors or strong smells can really irritate someone who has an extroverted sensing parent. So for the ISTPs who have this, and then they're also incredibly introverted, can make it really hard for them to share things with people and to like, to engage with people at times. 
So they do have that, that sort of stigma that they like to keep things pretty close to themselves. So that just adds to what Amanda is saying is that this question really gave them an opportunity to do that without having to dive too much into themselves or their own personal experience without trying to be too exposed. Yep. The fourth question was a question that had two parts and I told the types that they could answer whichever part that they felt was easier. They could answer them in whatever order they wanted to. But the question was, if someone wanted to convince you to do something that you were morally against, how would they do so? And how do you define your moral code? So there's a couple of reasons that I wanted to ask this question. The first one was, honestly, I was curious to see if there would be any sort of ethical obstructions to education in general, because especially in the United States, religion plays a big part in what you can and can't teach a child. So I was curious to see where people kind of fell on that line. I was once again looking at how did they look at themselves? And then I was additionally looking for logic or emotional reasons. And if they were gonna use abstract versus concrete definitions, I was looking at all of those things once again. I was looking at moral stringency. So I was looking at how strict are the ISCPs code. Do they believe that they would be easily convinced or not easily convinced? Um, off the bat, they could very quickly tell me, yes, I can be convinced to do something that's against my code or no, I cannot. And it was split almost exactly evenly down the middle. 52% said yes, they could. 47.6% said no, they couldn't. So it was evenly mixed on whether or not they thought that they had a strong system. But what was very clear was it was theirs. It was their moral code and they knew right away who they were and if they could be convinced one way or the other. Just so interesting. I just feel like that's that T-I-N-I -I at work being so convinced about that because I feel like normally you would assume that anything having to do with morality I feel like automatically gets like pegged for F.I. for introverted mm -hmm. feeling which is not in their stack their top four and so I feel like when you hear that you're like whoa mm -hmm. that's you know but I think that just goes to show how strong that TI and I can be together. And they're, they're, they know how they feel about something. They know what decision they would make about something. And I feel like you can see that in some of these responses when they're just so black or white, yes or no. Absolutely. When I would ask this type, this, when I would ask any types this question, I would often get people to define their moral code by saying things like, well, I'm a Christian, so I follow these guidelines or I am, or they would give me a list. Like I follow the US constitution. Like I would get all sorts of answers from individuals. ISTPs did not usually cite a, if they cited it at all, quite frankly, because 25% of them didn't talk about what their moral code looked like at all. But of the 74% who did, they did not often reach for a already established moral system. It was very much their own ideas of what morality is. So they didn't cite, I'm a Christian, so I follow the Bible. Or, I'm a libertarian, so I follow the libertarian's political beliefs. Which is what some people did. Some people associated morality with political parties. But that was not the case with ISTPs. It was very much theirs. So I got really abstract things like, don't be a bad person. Or don't infringe on the freedom of others. It wasn't pulling from anything else except for what the ISTP had already decided was right or wrong. And a lot of times they didn't give me descriptions of how they got there. 
They were just, this is it. This is the case. Don't be a jerk. The end. I'd be friends with an ISTP. <laughs> I like ISTPs. They're one of my favorites to talk to because of that ability to play in both worlds. Mm -hmm. Having said that, one of the other things that I look at is whether or not they reference the greater good. So there are a lot of types that would say, I will do something bad if it is for the good of society or if it's for the greater good or if it's for the good of my company. ISTPs did not talk about something like that. They did not zoom out to that holistic image. Um, only 3% reference the greater good. That doesn't mean that they don't care about it, but it's important or it's interesting to note that that was mostly missing from their answers. They really focused on what's going to impact my immediate circle. And then the last thing is I did not ask them to classify themselves as open-minded or closed-minded, but a lot of the types just offer that up. So I decided to track it to see what they viewed themselves as. Um, for ISTPs, though, 83% did not say one way or the other, and this wasn't a specific part of the question, but if you look at somebody like the ENFPs, they feel like they're pretty open-minded. And will tell you that. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you, I'm open-minded, mm -hmm. or um, some of the other types will say, I'm pretty closed-minded when it comes to certain things, or I'm pretty strict when it comes to certain mm -hmm. things. Um, but ISTPs didn't really classify themselves that way at all. Of the ones who did, 7% said closed-minded, 10% said open-minded. I think that just once again goes to show that they're not going to offer you more information about themselves than what is necessary, than what the question asks. Mm -hmm. um, so keep that in mind if you've got an ISTP in your life. It's not necessarily that they don't want to talk to you. It's not that they don't care. It's not that you, anything like that. I think this is one of those really telling moments because again, as an ENFP, just comparing the two two types, remember there's 16, um, an ENFP would, would make you feel so more than likely make you feel so welcoming and warm because it would be like, here's some information about me so you can get to know me better. And ISTP may not do that. They may be that type that's just like, you ask a question, I give an answer <laughs> and I'm not going to fill it with fluff, you know? Um, so I think that's just a lot of this information. Again, it's education, but keep in mind that it's a personality type. It's a person, it's a human that's in front of you. And so uh, if you happen to be in a relationship with one, or maybe you're trying to be in a relationship with one and really confused about why they don't add fluff, they just don't. And their average words count, their average word count was a lot lower than most of the other types, but it's because they got straight to the point, right? It was very, like, I think fluff is a good word to use. They're not going to have a lot of that there. So the fifth task that all of the ST types were given was... When it comes to solving problems, what steps do you usually take? So it was another metacognitive question that I was looking for and how they could describe the inside of their mind, what their mind does. When I asked this question to other types, I would get the answers like, I don't understand the question. Or they would say, I don't really know what steps I take. ISCPs, once again, um, 92 92% could answer this question and did give me an answer, so only 8.5% could not answer this question. Most ISTPs grounded their answers in concrete reality, so they would say things like, I make a list and then I follow all the steps in order. It's something that if you told that to somebody else, they could go ahead and copy what the ISTP mm -hmm. is doing. An abstract answer would be more like, I use logic. Well, how do you tell someone to use logic? That's not something else that you can replicate in the concrete world. Or they would say, I watch YouTube or I talk to experts. It's something, it's practical advice 
to actually answer this abstract concept, which to me is so fascinating, just like with the brain, where they were describing the inside of their mind, taking abstract concepts, turning it into concrete reality. Here, taking an abstract concept of problem solving, it was very vague. Mm -hmm. I didn't give any more descriptions. I didn't say, how would you go fix a car? Nothing like that. I was very abstract. And they're like, well, clearly this is what you do because ISTPs can be in both worlds. That's very valuable. So they would take this question and then they would tell you the concrete steps. They also did it in an average of 63 words. Which is just phenomenal, honestly. Super short, so to the point, this is how we do this. Mm -hmm. Getting it done. I love it, though. I really, and again, the internet, like, it's just not, it's not a fun place to be for censor sometimes, and I think this just goes to show, like, once again, you could have this great idea as an ISTP, and it could just be, like, this totally abstract thing that's just in your mind, and you can touch it and play with it and then bring it back down to reality and actually create it, or which again, we'll talk about later on, but you can even help others when there are other abstract things going on or questions being posed or conversations to occur. You can be in that conversation, be in that situation, and you can play in that abstract, and then you can also look around you and anyone who may need help getting there because not everyone can play with both. Seriously, not everyone can play with both. Not the way you guys can you can look around and say, okay, this is what's happening. This is the abstract over here. Let me bring it down and explain it in this way so you all can take part of this conversation and vice versa. You can take a, a tangible, realistic thing that's sitting right in front of you that's maybe just honestly too in your face and you have this intuitive who's wanting to like take it and try to make it more complex than it needs mm -hmm. to be because that's what that's what they do too and you can kind of go back to to that abstract area and say okay here's how to bring this into your abstract world and i think that again it's just a super valuable unique trait that not every type has and when we talk about education later we can also talk about it in just careers in general and just friendship and relationships but what you can bring to the table you you know, quiet, like keeping to yourself ISTP, what you guys can bring to the table truly is so magnificent and so needed and worthy and just, I don't know, just kind of in awe of being able to play in both. So now that we both fangirled over ISTPs for just a second, we're going to go ahead and talk about the implications on the education system based on this data. So the first thing, and this is a big disclaimer for all the types and all of the videos that we do with education is that Carl Jung was really strict on not typing children because he didn't believe in putting people into boxes. Amanda and I both are very clear and firm on our opinions on this. We don't believe that personality should ever be used to put anyone in a box. No one would ever accuse someone of using the love languages as a box. So that's the way that we view this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a, or a learning style. Nobody would say yeah. if you give a learning style inventory and you've got this amount of auditory, visual, and kinesthetic learners, nobody would say you can't tell someone that they're a visual learner because that's going to box them in. So if somebody in society is trying to use personality for that, we adamantly disagree. Yep. And that's what Carl Jung was afraid of. And so that's why he was very strict with you do not type children. I have continued that to an extent with type clarification because I will not type anyone under 18. I just got a request this morning for someone who wanted to me to type them and I will not. I'm even very hesitant with 18 to 25 because 
personality is not really fully in there into has not fully come into its own mm -hmm. quite yet and so it is a concern if I type someone at that age and they really latch onto it that they're doing themselves a disservice so I always give a lot of warnings for anybody who's 18 to 25 well, especially the people who are doing this because they want to know what career they should be in or what type yeah, they don't should be do in that. or anything like that you're putting yourself in a box at that point that's mm -hmm. one thing that's why our whole thing is anyone can be anything and anyone can do anything and that's the whole purpose is that we want this to be a language and a way to connect with others but not to put people in boxes and especially as children especially when you are at a certain age when you're trying to when you're potentially trying to latch on to something mm -hmm. trying to figure yourself out the last thing you need is for a internet site to tell you what career you should go down and it be completely freaking wrong so don't do it so having said that, having said our big disclaimer for you, one of the things that we do believe personality can be used for is understanding how others work. And it's a language, that's our big buzzword on our channel, but the language that you use to talk about other people's cognitive functions or the way that their brain, their brain works. Mm -hmm. Understanding that not everybody sees the world as you do. So introverted thinking is the primary way that ISTPs interact with the world and throughout the data we saw introverted thinking we saw them this is my opinion very clearly yes no and then all of their answers followed afterward this can be very tricky when you're in an education system as a child because you're developing that logical framework so it can look like asking too many questions asking the wrong questions or being needlessly defiant in trying to find an answer to something because you're trying to develop that introverted thinking framework. We're not telling teachers to sit there and be like, oh, you are a TI child. You are going to do this, this, and this. We're saying to be aware of that. So if you see this behavior, if you see a child who is asking all of these questions to understand that they could be developing this framework and to have better grace and understanding of how their brain works. ISTP's second function is extroverted sensing. So that is concrete reality. It's in the physical realm. It's in the moment. They learn by doing. They learn by experience. And when you look at all of the answers, they often cite personal experience for how they built their system. So if you want to have a fully rounded ISTP child, and this is good advice for anyone in general, really any teacher in general, but having a child learn through experience mm -hmm. and explaining to them why whatever it is they're learning has practical applications. Because again, those abstract concepts, ISTPs took the abstract concepts and then they made them into practical reality. You as a teacher need to be doing that for your students just because it's good practice, but particularly for ISTP children who are average 10%. Mm -hmm. So if you're a teacher, you're gonna have them in your classroom. This is a good practice to have to keep them engaged in your material. And really what that can look like is let's read this, let's study this, and then let's get up out of our chairs, mm -hmm. become active, and go apply it. Um, or let's go outside and go observe. Or let's, let is, let's do something with our bodies. Let's do something physical, in the physical. It really can't be that simple with extroverted sensing. Let's do something in the physical, and that is how they'll be able to 
actually remember it and apply it and that's how that's how they're going to be able to study it's not going to be sitting there and just reading a textbook and remember and memorizing all these different things um, again anyone you might have an ISP you can but in general looking at their functions looking at how they how they function actually having them apply it go outside be physical is how it's going to happen Mm-hmm. We talked about this in the extroverted sensing video. If an ISTP has chosen in that moment, if their task in that moment is to study mm-hmm. or is to sit through a lecture, they can, but it is, it's like they have to make that choice to do so. Mm-hmm. It's some children seem to be just more naturally oriented to thrive in that system without having to coach their brain. Mm-hmm. An ISTP has to make that choice. In the video, we are specifically talking about, um, I think it was an ESFP that we were specifically citing, but it's the same concept for an ISTP. If in the moment that's the task that they want to focus on, then they can. In the first question, citing back to the stereotype question, a lot of them was preference. Mm -hmm. It's not that they couldn't sit still, it's that they didn't want to sit still. It's more like... Why would you? Is yeah. The answer. Yeah. It's more like I would, if I have to, I can, but why would I if I don't have to? Well, and again, that's going into that NI child and I mean, NI can do anything, you know? And so, I mean, I don't want We're to sound magical biased. We're magical <laughs> I just feel like when NI sets its, its mind on something, like when it becomes stubborn NI as it does then it's going to do whatever the task is in front of it. Whatever it's decided to do, it's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, especially for introverted, like introverted ISTPs, the ones who want to be alone or who don't love being around other people or anything like that, that actually might be the preferable way for that person to study. That might work out for them. Mm-hmm. But once again, in general, if you've got it's 10% of the population, like Jesse just said, so you've probably got quite a few of them in that you'll see throughout the year as an educator. And so just know that majority, it would be a good idea to get them up and going. And even for those ones that are introverted who do feel more comfortable, it is always good personal growth to get people out of their comfort mm-hmm. zone, no matter what. So um, without traumatizing someone, you know, it is good to get them out of their comfort zone. And an ISCP, especially a child who maybe doesn't have someone pushing that personal growth, might just sit back and in that NI and that TI, they might just sit back and introvert and that's not going to be helpful for anyone either because that SE parent can do magical things. Mm-hmm. One of the last considerations for, or there's two really, but one of the big ones is metacognition. So metacognition is a huge buzzword in education. I'm an educator. I know all about it. They think that if somebody can describe what's going on in their mind, that they are automatically the most intelligent that if you can describe your thought process that's like the highest level not just explaining your opinion not just explaining your problem but explaining your thought process to get to the problem that is a big thing in metacognition the ISTPs with both of these metacognitive questions they took the abstract question in front of them and then they turned it into concrete steps sometimes teachers particularly Teachers who are in high school level or college or university, they want someone to stay in the abstract realm. They want those answers that are like the metaphorical memory palaces. They want abstract answers to answer their abstract question. The problem with that is that when a teacher does not get the abstract answers that they want, Mm -hmm. 
they can dismiss the concrete answer as unimaginative or they could accuse or think of the child as not creative or they might even at worst think that there is a lesser intelligence associated with this. That is an egregious error to make because they're missing how the value of taking an abstract concept and turning it into the concrete world. That is so incredibly important because intuitives spend all of our time thinking and we never do anything. Mm -hmm. So if an ISTP is able to be in both realms, a teacher should be encouraging that, not trying to teach a child to stay in that abstract world. It's a mistake to do so. So teachers need to be aware of that bias. They need to stop thinking of metacognition as one thing, and they need to have more grace with children who don't show up as they expect certain people to show up. So if you watched the INTP video, you know that we talked about how the majority of teachers in the education field are the SF type. You can go on our blog and you can look at all of the additional sources for where I got that information from because it's all linked there. But in general, most teachers are the SF types. If you are an SF type, that means that you have introverted thinking as your third or fourth function. This is not super great if you are an introverted thinker. Now, there's nothing wrong with SF teachers. SF mm -hmm. teachers have been doing this for a long time. They know how this works, and there are plenty of wonderful and amazing teachers who are SFs. The problem comes with them not understanding their own biases, especially if they're a young teacher. They're introverted thinking, and they are, let's say, an ESFJ. If their introverted thinking is their fourth function, that means that that's their inferior. So it's the one that we automatically are suspicious of. We look down upon it. You can go watch our TI inferior video to learn all about it. That means that they project that negativity onto the child. One of the things that Amanda and I will say over and over again with these education videos is we are not asking children to do anything but be children. That's why we don't type them. Mm -hmm. It's up to teachers, to uh, the adults in the room, to understand. There are so many teachers that I have encountered who put a lot of blame on children. So a child who, or a teacher rather, who is dealing with this inferior function and doesn't understand their own biases could write off an ISTP child who's trying to build that TI framework. The real danger here is, as was evident in the answers, they're pulling on their own experience. So if you're giving a child a negative experience because you're projecting your own negativity upon them, you are wiring that into their TI that the education system's not for them. Mm -hmm. And then you could throw them off of a potentially successful path because of your own lack of self-awareness. And that's really a problem. So teachers have to examine their own biases. They absolutely have to. They have to in multi multiple ways. Mm -hmm. If you're going to teach children, you have to know where you where your own biases lie, there's tons of them to look for, but this is just another one that I think teachers are really not looking at. No, for sure. And again, the ISCPs have so much, so much to give, and especially at that high school, college level, like Jesse mm -hmm. was talking about, being able to, when the educators are expecting people to just live in this abstract and they don't see the value. And again, I'm not saying don't challenge people, and I'm not saying don't don't push boundaries, don't you know push for personal growth or just any sort of growth that is so incredibly necessary. 
But the bad part about that is if you're writing them off because they don't do it or writing them off because it's not a natural skill set or writing them off because they have to try a little bit harder. Um, I think there's still value in exactly what the ISTP is doing while it's playing in the abstract and bringing it to the concrete and all the things. And as educators, you guys are literally raising the next generation. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I could never do it, so I I applaud you every day. I really do. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to talk about parents of ISTPs because just like we talked about how educators choose their career, parents don't choose what their children are like. So we're going to give you some advice if you do have a child that you think might be an ISTP. Really though, a lot of the advice we just gave to educators is exactly the same for ISTPs. You're gonna to wanna to encourage their creativity because they need to have the more, a more expansive TI mm -hmm. framework. The more experiences you can give your child, and this goes for any child really, the better their internal framework will be because all types have some internal system. I would encourage them to learn how to ask questions the right way. Mm -hmm. So for me, my son, we don't, type our son. My son doesn't know that he, we think that he is a TI dominant. He just knows I do YouTube, but he doesn't know anything about personality type. He doesn't know any of those things, but we are fairly sure that he is a TI dominant. So one of the things that we've taught him is very basic formal logic systems. So we've taught him how to argue the correct way because he will often he comes up with conclusions that are just flat out in incorrect, but he can explain how he got to his conclusion, but he's working off of an incorrect premise. So we explain to him, this is a premise of an argument. The premise is wrong. The whole thing falls apart if you're working from an incorrect premise. So it's a helpful skill to have. So as a parent, if you feel like your child is working that way, it would be helpful to teach them something like that or to teach them logic games or to teach them game strategy, things like that to help them really develop that TI. I think again, going back to what we said to the educators as well, um, one thing that enters my mind whenever I think about parents and helping your child grow is summer and we're mm. in summer right now. And so I feel like there's a lot of parents out there that are like, what do I do? How do I make sure that my kids mm -hmm. just stop, you know, don't stop learning for the next three months? How do I encourage education and all the things? Um, and I think one thing is pretty much every parent tries to put books in front of their kids at some point uh, during the summer. I think that for some reason that's just ingrained in all of us that that's what kids need to do in the summer to stay smart, you know? And so my encouragement there, our advice there would be go ahead and, and pick out those books, have them read, have them do some study, but then also take that book and whatever is happening in that book, let's say it's about a dog in a park, mm -hmm. take the child, take your child out to the park after they read the book and apply what the book was teaching. If it's about, you know, uh, morals or fun or friendship or whatever, go ahead and reference that in real life. Because again, you're bringing that abstract concept and bringing it into reality. And that's really how you can get with that ISCP and really get in there with them. Um, and again, or just remove them from the comfort zone of their house and take them to the park to read. Actually physically get them up and moving. Um, it really does wonders for that extroverted sensing. It really, really does. So now if you're an ISTP adult, um, we're gonna talk to you for a second. So if you're an ISTP and you are an educator as an ISTP, first off, 
Yay, we need more of you. If you look at the, I have a couple studies that have percentage breakdowns of teachers in education and their MBTI type. ISTPs are very underrepresented when you consider how big of a percentage of the population that they have. ISTPs is one of the most common types. 10% of the world is really not that common. That's why all of the 16 types can feel misunderstood, but it is bigger than like the 1%, mm-hmm. which is ENTJs. So it's important to be represented in the teaching field. And when you consider 10% of the world, but less than 5% of the teaching field, that's not a great average here. ISTPs typically, the structure of the education system is not always great for them. They have to follow arbitrary rules. They have to follow bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is super not great for an ISTP. Sometimes, I mean, it can be, but it tends to not be because of that TI. But those same things that would keep an ISTP away from education are the things that could be their strength Mm -hmm. in the system because we need people who would advocate for other ISTP children, for INTP children, for any child who uses TI. That is very helpful to have those kinds of educators who know where they're coming from. The other thing that ISTP educators can do is the same thing that some of the intuitives look down upon, which is taking abstract concepts and making them concrete. It is so valuable specifically for some of those very abstract concepts like physics Mm -hmm. or like religion class or even English to an extent when they are in um, a literature class and taking abstract things and turning into concrete reality. Most of the world is functions around concrete reality. So it's very helpful for an ISTP educator to be able to use that gift. So if you are an ISTP and you're looking for a vocation, Come on over teaching because we need more of you. So ISTPs as parents. So when you have your own children in the education system, really the advice that we give to you guys is pretty much the advice we give to all parents. First off, understanding that your child is not going to see the world the same way as you do most likely. That TI is going to be very, as a parent who has TI, it can be really tricky sometimes because your child Either they may not be good at logic at all, and that's really hard for a very logical person to cope with a child who's not super great at a logical system. Also, most ISTPs had a positive experience with the education system. So if your child is struggling with the education system, it can be really hard to understand why. Or vice versa, if you had a negative experience, it can be really hard to support your child to having a positive experience. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we can say is really understand that your child may not be the same type as you. They may not see the world as you see it and to be their advocate. I feel like every parent knows that their child isn't going to be a carbon copy of them. In fact, I feel like most parents don't want that, right? Because we want better for our child than what we have or than who we are. Um, But I think that one thing that isn't thought of organically or even talked about often is the fact that the actual understanding and how people perceive the world and take in information is actually different. So not only are they not a carbon copy, which again, I think is just a general statement Mm -hmm. that we all understand, but we don't think about it in that detailed format. So especially in an education system, how your child studies, how they take in information, how they apply it, how they actually keep it in, study it, ACE tests, all of that can be the opposite of how you are, honestly, especially with that TI. It's so about 
how your framework is, TI in general is still going to look different person to person because it's your mm -hmm. own framework. So even if you have a child who is using TI, it can still look so incredibly different than yours does. So I think it's just a good idea in general to keep that in mind as you're raising children, period. Mm -hmm. And then the other big thing for an ISTP parent, which is unique to you guys, it's the same thing we've been harping on. You guys have that ability to take abstract concepts and turn it into concrete reality. Why not use that to help your child understand? Because children struggle in school. It happens. And you, as a parent who has this ability, you can help them with these things. So you can, if your child's intuitive, great. You can meet them with your NI child. Yeah. If your child's a sensor, great. You can meet them with your extroverted sensing parent. You have great skills as parents. So utilize them. Mm -hmm. Utilize those skills when you are interacting with your own child in the education system. Yup. So that's it for the data on the ISTPs. Thank you so much for all of the ISTPs who participated. Thank you for all of the answers and all of your patience, ISTPs, because I know that you guys have waited quite some time for this. So I appreciate you for being there and stick around for the rest of the data set because being human is hard and hopefully this will make it just a little bit easier. We love you guys and see you next time. I forgot to tell them what to do. Oh, like, comment, subscribe, <laughs> and share. Um, share, 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 because this is just such a cool project, I feel like, and there's really nothing else like it right now or in general. So if you share, and again, everyone's type will be out, and we're hoping that the filming will be done by the end of the summer of 2021. So share with all of your family members, and we have another data set coming in fall of 2021. So more questions, more communication, mm -hmm. more data, all the things. So this is just going to continue to grow and build. And we would love for you guys to take part in it if you missed your opportunity this time. Um, and again, remember there's free type clarification still mm -hmm. happening. So go back and watch our TCH June 2021 update. I believe it's called Back from Ghosting because mm -hmm. You'll find out why. Go watch it. Um, but we're hilarious in it, as always. And so you should <laughs> you should go watch it and check it out. And shoot us a message if you've got any questions. And now we love you guys. And we'll talk to you later. Let's gather around the type fire and sing our type fire song. Our M-B-T-I-T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y song. And if you feel uncomfortable, then know there's nothing wrong.